What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Create Lab podcast. Today, we're going to interview Katie Estelle. Katie Estelle recently came over to the DCL crew, and I couldn't be more excited to have her a part of the team. Katie brings a wealth of knowledge, not only as far as adult coaching, but Katie brings her knowledge of the Brand X method. The Brand X method, formerly the CrossFit Kids method, she brings this knowledge in how to get your kids off the couch and playing again. We've become, become a society where everyone wants their kid to be the next LeBron James, the next Tom Brady, or the next Michael Phelps, and we've forgotten how to let our kids just play. We specialize our kids too early, and what this does leads to a high burnout rate and a high injury rate. So I couldn't be more excited to have Katie on our team, helping us out, getting our kids to play again. So hopefully she explained, you know, you understand the Brand X method by the end of this podcast and why we're such huge advocates of it and why she's a huge advocate of it. And she's helped us out along the way. So hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Create Lab podcast, guys. As always, do great things for your country. Enjoy. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Create Lab podcast. Uh, today I have Katie on. Uh, Katie Estelle, she's one of my coaches. She's also our kids and teens coach. Um, today she's going to talk about the, uh, you know, what she does, what her passions are. And uh, yeah, so Katie, say hello. Hello, guys. So, uh, Katie, what got you into cross in the first place? I used to be an endurance athlete in San Diego, and I did um, triathlons and marathons and all that kind of stuff, and I kept injuring myself. And so I had heard. This was back in 2007. So I had heard about CrossFit. Um, They did it at a fight gym locally where I um, was kind of doing some stuff. Um, It wasn't an official CrossFit gym, but that's kind of where I got started. She had just gotten her level one, and um, I was trying to combat some injuries, and then ended up stopping doing all (laughs) endurance sports and just switched over to CrossFit. Basically the classic CrossFit, uh, the CrossFit story, how you get started. Yeah. Nobody really knows what they're doing. Everybody Nobody, just, everybody's yeah. just going, going to town. And yeah. Then, yeah, it's a way different nowadays where you actually have people that know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, how long have you been coaching? Um, well, I used to coach for team and training, which is um, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society's and their endurance uh, program. So I have um, a triathlon coaching Certification. So I've been doing that since probably 2005, um, but I didn't start coaching. I got my CrossFit certification in 2010, right after I got my Russian kettlebell certification, um, and didn't. I worked full time in Nashville, so I didn't start coaching until 2013 when Dave opened his gym because I was originally at Solified and they had what 30 coaches. Yeah, we had. <laughs> So Nicole S. had um, recommended to Dave that I start coaching over there. So I was one of his first coaches um, and kind of helped him out a little bit when they first started. Yeah, I, I started there. Like, yeah, I did screaming Eagle as well. And then... Uh, I remember you had started programming like right right around the time that I had left. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, that makes sense. Yeah. I started programming there and then we just... Start, then Joe started programming. Yeah. And then it, it was a... Yeah, it got crazy with yeah. the with the program for a while. Like, <laughs> well, he what he used to um, use the program that he was using. His coach was giving him for the masters. Yeah, so that was a little crazy. It like life is crazy. <laughs> when uh, what was your favorite part of the triathlons? What was your favorite event? Um, I don't mind running, but biking was always my favorite. I hate swimming. That is the one that I because we had I had to be up in the pool by five a.m. Um, to make it to work on time. 
And so um, three days a week, I and it was like a 20 minute drive. So it was just, I hate swimming. <laughs> When you did when you did your triathlons, did you open water or yeah, open pool? water? Yeah, yeah, San Diego. There's no there's no pool triathlons. Everything's mm, open see? water. That's the only so. way I'd be dead. Yeah. Anybody that knows, I suck at swimming. I'm horrible. We at used it. to um, sweet so we would travel all up and down the coast of California and do our triathlons. But um, our every single Sunday we did the same training um, route, and it was you swim from um, shore to shore, and it was a mile one way, and then obviously a mile back. Um, and I would just be saying Hail Marys the entire time. One time I thought I saw a shark, but it was a, like one of the bat rays yeah. swimming right underneath me. Oh my God. I've never been so scared in my whole life. So I hate swimming. Yeah. It, it was like, but every time I got in the water, I was like overcoming all of these fears, but it never got easier. My dad put me in the pool all the time. And I never, like, I just never picked up swimming. And then in the army, it was oh, the worst. We're having that problem right now. See, I'm right there with you. <laughs> So you're you're in charge of our uh, teens program and the kids program. What what uh, gave you your passion for kids? What what is? uh... Well, I started um, a while back. So after I had McKenna, I started coaching. Jamie had started. Jamie and Nicole um, Spitzak had started um, a mom's program. Um, I guess that was back in 2014. And uh, maybe 2015, I can't remember. But, and then, so I had McKenna, and then Jamie got pregnant pretty, she was about to give birth, like, pretty soon after that. And so I took over that program and was really working with the moms and the kids in the, that were just sitting on the side. Um, and so I started getting involved kind of in a very small way there. And then two and a half years ago, after Can Nicole... Nicole Gareth's after they opened the, um, after they'd taken over Soulified, asked me to take over the teens program whenever um, Amy had left, and so I got my kid certification then, and it's kind of just been ever since then. And I got over here, and there was no smaller kids, so I just wanted to make sure that we had those options available to all ages. That's awesome. So you, you talk about the Brand X method a lot. What what exactly is the Brand X method for any parents that are under trying to like? One thing that I love about what you do compared to what a lot of people do is like you're really really focused on movement, mm-hmm. time, speed, nothing else really matters, and I really love that about like how your coaching style is. So I know you learned a lot of this through the Brand X stuff. So what is the Brand X method? So. Uh, Miki and Jeff started CrossFit Kids way, way back when CrossFit first began. And always their fo- main focus was on the health and well-being of the kids and their and the way that they moved. Um, so they started CrossFit Kids with um, headquarters. And once that had gone on for a while, there was a whole bunch of stuff that went on. But basically what was happening was CrossFit was kind of moving in a different direction than they had originally intended, which was always for the health and well-being of the kids. Well, now CrossFit has a teens division in the games, and I, I don't know what their youngest um, competitors are, but I think it was 14 or 15. Yeah, 12, 12 to 14, I thought it was. Yeah, and I mean, that's really young to start specializing in a sport. And even though CrossFit is not supposed to be about specializing, you're still doing the same movements over and over again where you're not getting necessarily into... Um, you know, kicking a ball around or throwing or any of that kind of stuff. And then CrossFit Games does a good job of 
you know, doing surprises and all that kind of stuff, but you still end up training for something specific. Where the BrainX method comes into play is they want you to, they say um, they're building formidable humans. So basically they are in every single aspect of life. They are trying, in the physical life, they are trying to get you in movement patterns that will allow you to move safely and effectively throughout your entire life instead of just say, I know a kid who is just doing weightlifting right now and he is young. He's only like, he's in, just made the junior whatever you go and compete in California for. Junior Nationals yeah, or whatever. Junior nationals. Yeah. Um, and he's been having back problems and all this kind of stuff. Well, he's only doing weightlifting. And so he's moving in that one plane of motion the entire time. He's doing some um, accessory work, but it's not enough to combat the fact that he's only moving in certain planes of motion. And so what I love about the Brand X is they, in their programming, and I'm not so far into it right now where I've been able to access that, but you can see it, their Instagram and stuff like that. It's all about playing and having the kids, like they, you give them a problem and they come up with a solution without you giving them all of the parameters. Like, um, you know, you can give them all of the rules. You tell basically what you want them to do and then they figure out the rest. Yeah. Um, so it's critical thinking as well as moving correctly. Yeah, that's, I mean, I, I, I see that too. Like Kelly Starrett, you know, started stand-up kids and there's, you know, he talks about a lot of times in his podcast about how, uh, teens and kids and even adults now because like we get specialized into crossfit or football you know mm -hmm. parents just only have their kids play exactly. they want them to be the next patrick mahomes or yeah. tom brady and the reality is okay i can 99 percent of people are not going to be there right you know so we specialize our kids thinking that they're going to be that way and then we lead them into the direction that you know thinking that they're going to get there and they get nowhere and they get yeah. hurt and they get injured and then they're in high school and they're burnt out more than anything oh yeah because they played one sport their entire lives yep. um i see it all the time in crossfit because i deal with a lot of people that just want if the crossfit games do it that's what we need to do yep. but crossfit I, I believe has a you know and i don't want to say crossfit in general because crossfit was never designed this way the games we work one plane of motion squatting mm -hmm. straight up and down mm -hmm. there is no lateral motions in a lot of what people train for outside yeah. the gym and that's why people get injured that's why they have acl tears mcl tears yeah. all that stuff and you know the other day we did lateral box jumps and you can see all the people that did not train lateral movements mm -hmm. and that that's why people are getting injured yeah. and i think that that's an awesome thing that you're talking about like stabilizing the shoulder not yeah. just moving the shoulder but stable you were doing the uh overhead kettlebell walks mm -hmm. how many people do you see do that oh i know and they were having such a hard time <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, I mean, introducing it now and like one of the biggest things that hit home with me is, I don't know the, the specific statistics, but it's something like 97% of school age children are having non, not non-combat, but what is it when you- Contact injuries. Yeah, non-contact injuries. And so the surgeries are up, like it's like 97% from what it used to be or something crazy like that. Um, and that's from like ACL, MCL tears and- you know, all that kind of stuff where not necessarily are you, is something happening where you're running into someone like football, yeah, but it's just like you're out on the field and all of a sudden something goes and that's just because you, your body isn't used to that plane of motion. Yeah. It's amazing. It's I mean, crazy. Yeah. I, I was in the airport not too long ago and, uh, there was a team from Vanderbilt. They're all wearing Vanderbilt shirts and, uh, all the females had knee braces on. Mm -hmm. You're walking through the airport when you like on the field, Hey, listen to your doctor, do a different 
But there's no reason that they all need to be wearing knee braces no, in the hospital. And this is Vanderbilt University we're yeah. talking about. So it's like someone's not training athletes. And it's not that coach. That coach, when they get them, they're probably already injured at that point. Right. You know? So we, as coaches, need to catch them younger and fix yeah. that before they even get to the university right. level. Because the university level, they don't have time to train them these new planes of motion. You've already manipulate yourself you're already there with this bad movement pattern well how many gymnasts are we seeing now that are coming over to crossfit i mean we've got a couple of the younger girls that have joined us um or have joined another gym and they have grossly underused some of their um muscles and things like that and then the other ones are completely overtaking it so they're able to move a large amount of weight or they're able to move fairly well but the technical aspects of it aren't there and they're not able to get there because maybe their feet have collapsed in because of too much use and they need to, um, you know, roll out their feet or whatever. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. And it's just, it's so, it is so apparent to me that there's so much lacking when you're just doing that one sport. Um, it, I wish that it wasn't. Yeah. And, and the, it's the competitive aspect of it. It's, like everyone's pushing even though CrossFit, even in the CrossFit Kids course, they never talk about the competitive side of it. But almost every CrossFit Kids gym that I follow, um, a lot of the programs that I know of, either locally or in the state, they are all pushing for you know the next teens competition or competing this or competing that, and that's not what life is about. I mean, that's a fun thing to do. Like that's a fun thing to shoot for. But if you are training to compete at a young age, you're just missing out on so much like playtime and expanding your mind and all that kind of stuff. So Brandex is really big on that. That's that, uh, exactly. I think we've lost we've lost sight of it, you know, as a I don't want to say a CrossFit community, but just a community in general. Like yeah. like you said, football, whether it be football, baseball, mm-hmm. everyone wants their their kid to be the next big thing. Right. And and it brings them kind of like the fame and fortune. Everyone's like, oh, you know, I want to go where that person goes, but. You lose the health. You lose sight of the health of the kid. We're living vicariously through our kids. Yeah, it's not how it should be. Yeah. So, how you know what's different in your program, the CrossFit programs, you know, and the Brand X program? So, if I'm doing a CrossFit workout, you know, what are you doing differently, or is it even different at all? Um, I mean, they 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 started both programs, so the basics of it is pretty much all the same. Um, they're just doing a lot more research. They're continuing education now where CrossFit kids, once you take the course, you're done. And now CrossFit doesn't even require you to have that certification anymore, um, which is... Which is, um, I think, so detrimental to CrossFit, the CrossFit kids program in general, um, not having to be able to make sure that your coaches know what they're doing. Um, Brand X now has a continuing education and they have, um, something that you continue to have every single month, which is huge. Um, you can ask questions. They're always super available, but the basics of it is you're moving for the health of the kid. Um, you're making sure that their movement patterns are correct, that they're squatting correctly. Um, that when they bend down and pick something up, their back is straight and all that will move into their future as adults um so yeah there's not a whole there's not a whole lot of difference in the basics of it it's just when you get into the nitty-gritty we're not all about competition 
or about solving problems, playing. There's so much more emphasis on play yeah. in Brand X. Um, but I mean, when you talk about um, even like elementary school, they hardly even have like recess time anymore. Like the PE time is cut down so much, the play time is cut down so much, and that's really detrimental to a society, especially when you start looking at um, the Brand X methods research and what they use to um, kind of back up what they what they talk about with the play and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it's really interesting to t- statistically. Yeah. So I mean, you touched on it. Like, is that what the biggest mistake you think it? Kids programs these days, and it's just not enough playtime, yep. just not. Yeah. And so, like, I, um, the more I get into Brand X, I'm only in, I think, the second. So, the, there's, they're broken down into units. I think I'm only into the second unit. Um, so, based on that, and then all the stuff that I follow with them, um, I just incorporating like almost all of our warm ups, whether it be the minors or the majors, I try to have some kind of game in there. Hmm. So, that it, number one, it loosens them up, gets them smiling, but they're also, you know, we do a lot of like shoot a beanbag into a bucket. And it's amazing how, how many times I'll miss yeah. <laughs> before I can get back and, you know, tag my next guy. So, well, it's, you know, that just goes into, uh, you know, we as become adults, I mean, how many. Adult class that we taught, first day in class, they can't even jump a rope. Oh, I know. Because we just forget how to play completely. Like, I mean, how many people don't know how to throw a baseball? Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, you were taught how to throw a baseball. Somewhere in between nine and whatever, you stop throwing a baseball. Mm -hmm. You know, jump rope is just another one of those things that people just can't do Mm because they don't have coordination anymore. It's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's crazy. Uh, How do you know when to advance a kid from the minors to the majors, like, I know you have a minors program and a majors mm-hmm. program, and then obviously the goal would be to get them to do an adult CrossFit program. Right. How do you? What are you looking for in that? Um, number one, I'm looking for how they move. So I need them to be able to move correctly, and because when we put them under a barbell, that takes away that bilateral movement, and it's one thing that they're moving um, either you know below um, in a deadlift form or above their head. And that's when weaknesses can really get masked. So that's why I like to start them with um, dumbbells and bar and dumbbells and um, kettlebells because I can see what side is weaker. We can work on that before I move them over to a barbell because once that happens, your strong side takes over, and then you may be moving that barbell well. However, that weak side is getting weaker and weaker, and then you do something like pull up, and then you tear something, and you're like, oh, what happened? What? And um, it's not necessarily from that movement. It's just because you've got um, an overuse type injury where you're just wearing that one thing down that was never strong to begin with. And it was just masked by um, your, your stronger side. Yeah, it's crazy. Like when, we, when they first introduced uh, dumbbells into the open, that was the first time a lot of CrossFitters touched a dumbbell yeah. because they, dumbbells are not that's for bodybuilding movements. Yeah. And how many of them couldn't oh, do dumbbells? Oh, I know. Dumb- do one side. They couldn't just, even do it. It was amazing. But they can, you know... Barbell snatch, 95 pounds, but yep. you give them a 50-pound dumbbell and it's just completely gone. All your stabilization is different. Like, your core, everything is just, it's firing so much more with just that one side working, and but it's in such a different way. So anyways, I look for movement, and then my, my biggest one, and it may even be more than movement, I'm not sure, because I feel like I can help with movement along the way, but is their mental game. Um, are they working hard? Are they complaining every single time they come in? Do they want to be here? I mean, that's when I promote to the majors class is I see that they 
are having a good time doing what we're doing. They're not forced to be here. They want to learn. They're hungry for more. Um, and then that's when I will move them up. And it doesn't necessarily have to be. It's not based on age. So I could have, you know, an eight or nine year old move up to the majors and I would just stick them on a same size. Um, I'd get a dowel rod the same size as a barbell and we can put ten, two, two and a half fives on there and move them with that. But it's got, they've mentally got to be ready and prepared to move that. There's like a, a, a level of maturity that I'm looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Because it's a good program. The kids that are in there right now, they are such hard workers and they want to be there. Um, and I want to make sure that we kind of keep that same yeah. mind frame. So you, we have a lot of teens. I mean, you have a lot of teens that do your programming. and But they also do sports on the outside. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance the two? Because I know a lot of them are doing sports during on-season training. Yep. You know, and then they come in the gym. How are you balancing out? So that happens all summer, I mean, all year long. And it happened, um, you know, I would get up to... 20 we so the old program that I was running was um, strictly teenagers and it was age-based it was um, 13 to 17 um, and I would get up to 20 people in a class for a month and then that would filter down to five or six and it's all based on seasons yeah so um, that's one re- one of the reasons why we make this so affordable and we're not trying to like get a ton of money out of the parents because they have other things to pay for and sports are <laughs> very expensive so we try to keep this as um sustainable as make it sustainable but also allow the parents to be able to pay for it so that their kids can come whenever they want to throughout their season if they have extra time so we offer that punch card um and that lets them come you know if they can only make it one day a month they're still able to come in here and move in a different way than they're moving in practice um so the membership kind of ebbs and flows with what season works do you recommend, well, I would say, do you recommend people do the CrossFit Teens program while in season or do, would they wait till out of season? It what, depends. What I, in general, absolutely. Like, you can't go wrong. There's nothing in here that we're going to do, especially in the minors class, that is going to wreck their bodies. We're having fun. We're learning how to move. Um, they're getting tired, but I'm, they are not laying out on the floor in complete exhaustion. Um, and I'm not the coach that is going to keep pushing them when they say that they're, they say that they're hurt or they don't feel good. I'm going to include them, but not going to continue to push them on a level where they're uncomfortable. They have coaches that do that, especially the ones that are in sports. Um, I will push them out of their comfort zone, but I'm not going to go to the point where, um, they're hurting or anything like that. Um, so that works well with their sports because they're going to get a lot more out of their sport by having the energy to go and do that um, if I'm not taking it all out of, uh, from what I'm doing. Um, now, some of the sports don't allow for outside stuff because they practice on the same nights that we do. Yeah. Um, so in that case, the punch card works because, you know, every once in a while you do get a break. And to be able to come in here and just get a different aspect of movement or a different, you know, in my teens class, I talk all the time about integrity and um, doing hard things and pushing through and like how you mentally have to work through all those things. And I don't know, I don't know how coaches and the schools work, but we talk about you know the hard things in life and how tests. You know, it's hard to get through a test, but it's also hard to get through the workout and how those kind of um, go hand in hand. Um, so they're getting both like a, a mental kind of work out with me as well as um, the physical part. So I think it's always good to be in here when you can get in here. 
talk to everybody that, you know, the mental aspect of fitness is just as important as the physical. I mean, if you come in here with the attitude, I'm not going to PR today or I'm not going to set a record today, Mm -hmm. you're not going to set a record. If a kid comes in here, just has a bad attitude, you know, that that's going to affect them far beyond the gym. You know? oh, yeah. So it's, it's, it, and it's learn. It's just learning life skills, especially at that age. Um, one of my teenagers has, I mean her, you know, all my kids are great, but they're her parents. You can just tell it. They just really hammer in on being respectful. And so when she came over with me, she met some of the new kids that she hadn't met before. She looked each one in the eye, shook their hand really firmly, said, hi, I'm Cameron. It's nice to meet you. So not only was it super warm and welcoming, but it just showed like how much respect she had for herself and for the other people. And that's what I want to teach the kids that are with me, um, you know, to, to have that kind of confidence inside and outside of the gym. So much respect, but so little fashion sense. <laughs> Birkin socks with sandals. Who does such a thing? What would you recommend for a team wanting to get started with the CrossFit Teens program? What, do you recommend just showing up? or? Do you yeah, I mean, obviously let us know if you're going to come. That help, That's just helpful for planning purposes. Um, we just instituted um, a, um, a registration fee, which will allow us to get more equipment for the littler kids um, that we need, you know, a six pound medicine ball for or whatever so that they can move. So that allows me to kind of make sure that I haven't, like whatever I'm programming, we have enough equipment for. Um, just cause you haven't had a kid's program here before. So we, we don't have a whole lot of the, the lighter weight stuff. Um, but then just come and try it out. I always say that the first class is free. I want the kid to have, um, to feel like they're taking responsibility in their health and well-being. So if they absolutely hate the class, I don't, I want them to be able to voice that to their parents without the parents having to say, well, I've already signed you up. You have to be there. Yeah. Um, and even if the kid doesn't like it, I always tell the parents, you know, you obviously can sign them up, but I want them to feel like you've had a conversation with them about what this means and, you know, is it something that you want to do? And then I have an easier time of coaching them. Yeah. When I know if they want to be here or not. <laughs> Other movements you don't recommend for teens? Um, there's not anything I don't recommend as long as they're moving well. So if... Um, the other day, um, we have a pretty young guy that's in here with us. I think he's like seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, so he, or and, and then he had one of his friends the other day, and they have a really hard time that at that age figuring out what a rounded back feels like and a flat back feels like. So I had them on lightweight. I'm removing. They're still not figuring out. I'm not going to not let them do the movement because that's what the class is doing, and I want them to learn. Um, but their proper reception is off. So I will heighten what they're doing. So on the deadlift, I just put a couple plates underneath and picked him up off the floor a little bit and he was able to keep his back straight. Yeah. Um, so just little things like that. Like, so there's nothing I don't recommend. Um, but I am going to pay really close attention to how they're moving before I move them into something new. Like, so even a teenager could do a muscle up as long as their pull-ups look good. And as long as they're... You know they have the strength for it and all that kind of stuff. I'm not gonna just say, all right, let's go do muscle ups, and none of them have pull ups. Yeah. I'm not gonna even go there until yeah, I feel yeah. like it's, it's in that progression. So this is a question that a lot of parents ask me, and it, it's kind of like one of those questions that just irks me sometimes because it's very obvious. What what would you tell a parent that's hesitant about their child lifting weights? 
well, we're not going to weigh them down to the aspect that they're going to hurt themselves. They're just learning how to move weight efficiently and effectively and safely, right? Yeah. So you move weight throughout life no matter what you're doing. I mean, you pick up... Their brothers and sisters. They pick up toys off the ground. Yeah, everything. They're They're out playing in the pool and they pick something up to... I I mean, kids play all the time, you know, when they're left to their own devices. So um, why not teach them how to do it safely? Like... And Jeff and Miki talk about a lot about how <clears throat> playing is so, so good, but if you're playing and you're moving wrong because you've never been taught what that looks like or what it feels like, then you're playing and that movement pattern is going to follow you through. Whereas if they come in here and we're playing and I can help correct something that I see is off, then that takes over to when they're playing outside with their friends. And you know what I mean? It's just like this rolling ball that... You, you help them get their momentum, and then they kind of take off of it. Especially when they're playing contact sports already. And I, like, oh, yeah. It, it amazes me how it many parents won't let their kids lift weights, but they'll let them play football or yeah. soccer or you know, even baseball to an extent. I mean, you're always going to be in contact with something, and you build up that bone density so you don't get these silly injuries. Mm-hmm. You know, kids can get you know, kids are so susceptible to injuries because they haven't touched a weight before. Mm-hmm. And again, we're not talking about going for a max back squat. We're talking oh, about yeah. just l- learning how to back squat with a barbell on your back. Will do mm-hmm. tremendous amount of good for the kid as they grow up and as they get older. Yeah, we never max out. Yeah, um, it's not, my, I mean, not even in my older teens. We do. I think the most is a two rep. Um, two or three rep is yeah. the most that we've ever gotten. There's just no, there's no, honestly, there's no point. They don't even really know what it feels like to do a max effort at a younger age. Um, that comes with and that's, life. That's, again, a psychological thing, too. Like, it's like when a kid thinks that they're not doing better because they're not setting records. Right. You know, it's so much harder talking to a kid about that. So, yeah, we don't, we don't max out with kids either. And, I mean, even our max effort is when we do it in classes – you know, when I have a new person, I'm not mm-hmm. going for a true max effort. I'm oh, yeah, going, you're doing what they can I'm do look, today. I'm looking at them, and I'm looking how they're moving. Once their form starts breaking down, okay, mm-hmm. that's your max effort for the day. You did yep. good there. Now let's take some weight off. Let's practice moving. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people, like, misinterpret when I say that. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, so going back to you, like, you had, you recently had surgery. There's yep. a lot of people that have had surgery. You know, what are your limitations now, and how do you recommend somebody – coming off a of surgery well this starts is like moving my up. fourth surgery <laughs> um so each one i've had to do um there each one has been a little bit different this one's been the most um intensive one i've had to do um i came back really really slowly um i was in a sling for 10 weeks couldn't move my arm at all um so that was hard <clears throat> and then just coming back i stuck with physical therapy up until she cleared me to start doing some lightweight stuff at the gym. Um, but I think I'm almost, I'm, I think eight or nine months out now and I'm still not back to where I was, but I also realize that and recognize that there's still things that hurt. So I'm not going to push the envelope. I mean, each time I'm getting a little bit stronger, but I'm going up in small, small increments. I'm going up at like two and a half, fives. Um, if one day I'm feeling good, I'll put a little bit more on. But if that next day my biceps hurting or whatever it is that um, tends to, it's usually my bicep that's in pain um, after the shoulder surgery, um, I'll go back down to just the bar. I mean, it's not about how much I'm lifting right now. It's about being safe and making sure that the um, surgery I had done is going to maintain me through the rest of my life and I'll be able to move. So you actually have to listen to your physical therapist, unlike yeah. some people. They just. Yeah. 
but some people are just so bad about not listening to their physical therapist. And oh just, my gosh. Like, and it's especially coming back from a surgery. I know like, the doctor oh. told me this, but I want to do this. Yes. Well, the doctors, the doctor told me not to do it. So it's probably best that you don't do it. Doctor knows what they're talking about. The right. doctor can't help you when you just, you know, when you just throw their advice away every chance you get. Right. And that's why a lot of physical therapists don't help you. Mm -hmm. Physical therapists, physical therapy isn't helping me. Right. It's not helping because you're not listening. Right. And then a lot of times too, like, you, so I had surgery. I was doing bar muscle ups before, um, you know, butterfly pull ups, all of the things. I think the only thing that I couldn't do was um, a ring muscle up. But right now I'm not even doing kipping pull ups. Like I'm starting back at the basics. Like, like just like I tell my athletes, I'm not going to even teach you how to kip until you can give me three to five strict pull ups. If you don't have that basic strength component, then it's never going to serve you well to learn how to use momentum in that movement. And then you just never really go anywhere from there. You just continue to do one at a time with that kip or, you know, up to five, but you're never getting sets of 20 or anything like that. You're like, you've got to have that, that base. Yeah. Um, so that's the hardest thing right now is knowing I know how to do all of those things and taking huge steps back to just rebuild strength um, and not because I have the knowledge and the ability to not just go right back into what I was doing before. Yeah, that's... That's a huge one. Yeah, I was when I was in the Army, it's like some people, though, like they go the complete opposite direction and they use every excuse not to yeah. move. They'll get hurt and that, oh, that's my excuse. I'm going to be out of working out for a while. Yep. You know, so it's, it's, it's a delicate balance of listening to your doctor, mm -hmm. knowing when, but at some point you have to move forward again. You right. have to start moving again because... Yeah. You're well, that's why moving at small increments can be so vital because you can listen to the feedback that your body's given you. Yeah. If you jump up 10 pounds every single time you're out here to try to get back to where you were, you're not really listening to feel like you just like, oh, that was terrible. Yep. Like, I failed that lift, but you weren't able to kind of feel like, oh, my, I dropped my shoulder or whatever because, you know, when you add that much more weight or you're making those bigger jumps, the wheels fall off the bus and you have no idea what's happening. Exactly. That's why I suggest everybody when they come off surgery, just go buy incremental plates, you know, mm -hmm. pound and a quarter plates and stuff like that. Because that right there is what's going to make the difference yep. in seeing progress in the future. Sometimes two and a half pound, just a two and a half pound jump is a huge Oh yeah, especially jump. on snatch. And that's where I'm having like anything overhead that stable. And I'm finding the stabilization is really hard for me. Yeah. Um, I, I'm having, I'm the able to get up some of the weight that I was able to prior to, but when it's up there and I'm stabilizing and I'm trying to make sure that I, you know, I'm finishing my lift with my head through and I'm all locked out, I definitely feel my shoulders are not, or that one shoulder is not where it used to be. Um, so it makes me nervous to go up anymore, but then I also know that if I do it, you know, in small, the, the worst thing that's going to happen is I'm going to not make the lift, Yeah. you know, but I, I'm not doing it so much in the fact that I'm going to re-injure myself. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are your goals? What are Katie's goals outside the CrossFit world? What is? Oh. Oh, no. Um, I know. I've been doing CrossFit for so long. Um, I own a very small sewing business, and I make little kids' clothes. Um, and then I make winter hats and scarves for adults. So I would like, my goal is to get some of those made up and put them in Sango Pharmacy and have them sell um, during the winter time. Um, so with McKenna starting kindergarten, I might be able to have a little extra time nice. to do that. Um, but in general, I want to be uh, a better person, like yeah. a better Christian, a better mom, better wife, better friend. 
Don't we all? Um, <laughs> but how do you balance becoming better when you're, you know, you're stretched out? You know? Oh man, so drive, the... drive down 101st and see how, see how well you're a better person. Yeah. <laughs> that's the yeah. way to... So daily, that is my prayer. Please, God, just help me to be better. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to create the Katie workout, what movements would it be and what, what would it look like? Um, well, I love Annie. So if we added some heavy deadlifts in there, like maybe... 155 175 we added some running we could do a running annie with the deadlift annie is 50 40 30 20 10 of sit-ups and double unders now yeah. we're running, adding running and deadlifting yeah hate people <laughs> we could do like a set of 20 deadlifts for each there's so much and cardio then, in there and then a 400 meter run between each that would be off. That would my be like an. That would be so good. My lungs would be bleeding. Oh, Lori! If Lori's listening to this, she's gonna take that. Uh, she's yeah, gonna, exactly. She's kettlebell, kettlebell deadlifts. You'll see it on the programming next yeah. week. <laughs> so, final question. Ask it to everybody. I I think this uh this kind of says who we are as people. If you could have a beer or a coffee with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I feel like that's so much pressure that you started with I know. that. Although my, I mean, my, you're not going to know, my little brother, we lost him when he was 19 and I was uh, 23 or 24. Um, so him, I, yeah, I love him. I miss him every single day and I wish that I had more time with him. So yeah, see that for but, sure. But that's it. I mean, that says who we are, like a family person. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you get, you always get the people, uh, Abraham Lincoln. Why? What do you have in common with Abraham Lincoln? What would you talk? What would you? And I don't even know that we would talk. I would just hug him. I would just hug his neck the whole time. There it is. (laughs) All right. Well, Katie, thank you for coming on. We appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed. Hope everyone enjoyed this podcast. Uh, Don't forget, guys, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. So take it easy, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, you got it.